I'm the Senior Vice President for Strategic Ecosystem and Industry Solutions here at VMware. That's Zia Youssef from VMware. He'll explain the cloud ecosystem, why it's important, and what it means for you. I use the word ecosystem uh, in a very organic way, like a spider's web, where no single strand in the web is that strong, but when you put it all together, it can be a very effective offensive and defensive capability. And so when we talk about, or at least when VMware talks about architecting the ecosystem, you're talking about those three-way or even four-way relationships. As you look at that full map of capabilities that a customer may want to engage with, right? So it could be a, a, a hyperscaler, obviously VMware, it could be a GSI, it could be an ISV in there, some vertical capabilities. And, and interacting with that integrated ecosystem and being thoughtful and deliberate on, on how you architect this. That's the ecosystem piece of it, or at least that's the way we think about it. So if you take the cloud piece of it, I would say ecosystems have been evolving through many different technology iterations. Here you're talking about a much deeper and much more prolonged engagement with our customers. On-demand software, cloud software is deeply embedded into the infrastructure. The reliance on cloud software is very different. And then of course you get into things like customer success. It's not just about selling it upfront. It's about the ongoing opportunities, challenges, security. Is the ultimate purpose of that cloud ecosystem to enhance and develop the relationship with the customer? Would that be an accurate way to describe it? I think the goal is to make the customer successful, right? And in order to make the customer successful, and the relationship will come from that hopefully, it does require a 360 degree perspective. There's a product piece to it, but even the product piece, Michael, obviously is not just one company. You can be using VMware, you could be using AWS, you can be using Azure. There's a stack that comes with that. You have to integrate and optimize with the apps that sit on top of it. And then just that transformation of your on-premise apps to cloud apps, uh, and we look at it as a multi-cloud journey. So it's on-premise, private cloud, um, multi-cloud, public cloud. Putting all of that together and putting our customers on a journey that is short, that provides impact, that's at a lower cost, that's the focus of that ecosystem. And the relationship hopefully gets built during that process. You've alluded to this, but can you define what are the roles or the elements that go into creating that ecosystem? They're obviously a series of product and software companies. But the, the interesting thing is that the role of those companies, unlike the past, is no longer just give me the software. Uh, because of the way software is architected, the way the cloud infrastructure works, it's a monthly consumption, uh, new innovations that are happening. So I think the role of a traditional vendor of software and solutions has fundamentally changed. When you look at vertical-specific ISVs, right, that they are so important, and, and I think the verticalization of cloud infrastructure uh, is a very important topic as well. So ISVs play an important role in providing application functionality that solves specific problems. So I, I think the roles have honestly evolved. Channel partners, their role is, is very different today than it was 10 years ago in, in again, an on-premise world. 
Zia, what is it about cloud computing that creates this need for such a strong, robust ecosystem as you've just been describing? First of all, by its nature, SaaS software, you have a much more intimate relationship on a daily basis, an hourly basis with the customers, right? Um, they consume more, they consume less, they consume other pieces, they can switch it on, they can switch it off. And I think that first point necessitates a much deeper, much more of a, of a integrated approach to supporting them, right? That's one thing. Secondly, I think when you look at things like end-to-end -end and intrinsic security, uh, with point number one comes point number two, there is a much higher need to protect the environment, both in the data center, on the edge, on devices. And I think that security topic that permeates all of this, again, requires much more of an intimate, ongoing engagement. And then the third piece of it is, as a customer seeks to stitch together a solution, um, those solutions, I would argue today, are more overlapping, <laughs> um, more intertwined, if you will, and I'm using these words deliberately, right? Um, which is a benefit, but it can also create a lot of confusion and, and potentially cost, right? And so there's a lot of benefits to cloud infrastructure and a lot of cost benefits and, and on-demand capabilities. But pulling that all together and make sure that it, it connects to your legacy infrastructure, to the apps that you have, that again requires a much more intimate and a more deliberate ongoing engagement with your ecosystem. All of this leads us to believe that when product and software companies deliver on their value proposition. It's not my products versus your products. It's not even my solution versus your solution. It's my ecosystem versus your ecosystem. Um, and, and that's how we certainly look at it and are trying to execute on it. And I think best in class companies, regardless of where they are in the stack, look at it from that perspective. So customer success then depends on the ecosystem being seamless and ultimately working relatively flawlessly through the interchange of data, applications, and so forth. Customer success, I think this is one of the big differences between the on-premise world and the cloud world, uh, where you, know, you can sell something, it doesn't get consumed, it gets switched off on you know, January 31st and gets switched on again in, in March. And, and the only way you can influence and help a customer do that is by ensuring that they see business value. And there is no way, Michael, to get that done without having an integrated, orchestrated, correctly incentivized, correctly enabled ecosystem. There are just too many players and too many moving parts, and there's no one vendor who's supplying everything. So by definition, you have an ecosystem. You could argue that statement, which you're correct on, was still somewhat true 15 years ago. I would say there's more complexity in that. There's more connection points. Um, and, and you don't always know where one stops and the other begins. <laughs> um, and, and potentially, there could be more uh, points of failure because you're on a public cloud, something goes down. Um, it, it can have quite an impact. 
Now, Zia, we hear the terms multi-cloud, hybrid cloud. Explain that and how does that layer onto this ecosystem concept that you've been talking about? There's basically three deployment options for a customer. They can have something on-premise, they can have something in a private cloud, or they can have something in a public cloud, right? Um, we strongly feel, and our research shows, and, and you can see this happening in the market, uh, customers will take a hybrid cloud approach or a cloud-smart approach, which is in those three deployment options, which workloads, which applications, what do we need to put where? Now, some people would say multi-cloud. It could be multiple public clouds. So you could have a customer with on-premise. They're running their own private cloud, potentially with VMware. They may have one or two public clouds. They may have some things on Azure. They may have some things on Google Cloud. They may have some things on, on AWS. So I think for customers to really think through how to be cloud smart and where to put their applications, where to put their workloads, that's kind of the hybrid cloud journey that, that uh, folks need to be on. All of this is complicated enough, and yet there's so much marketing hype around the multi-cloud and hybrid cloud topics that I think it makes it even more difficult for people to really understand what's going on and especially what they should do. Public cloud deployments is going to continue to grow, and it's a very important lever for you. But so is a private cloud environment. And, and how you kind of think about the two things becomes important. I personally feel there's, there's too much of a focus on cost. Right? I mean, almost everything comes down to it. Cost us so much in private and, and, and public and, and on-premise and so on. I also think that we underestimate or customers underestimate the time to impact or the innovation capability um, that they can generate through this. Um, so if you have a legacy app where you just can't, your business processes have changed, the customer uh, demand and how customers want to consume have changed, your ability to respond to that, to come out with new innovative products and services, much harder to do as you could imagine in a legacy kind of app environment. In a cloud-based environment with Kubernetes and how you create and the software lifecycle, all of those innovations can be much faster. You can experiment on them quickly. You can get them deployed quickly. So it's important to look at the cost, yes, but also make these decisions based on your ability to compete. And that's what will get much more of the attention of the business users. Let's talk about impact on the business. Why should CIOs invest the time needed to really understand this cloud ecosystem and how the pieces fit together? There's definitely a journey and new technologies have come into play where CIOs have the ability to optimize both cost and, as I mentioned earlier, hopefully innovation capability across multiple deployment options. And you also have to, by the way, look at this internationally, right? When you have kind of different rules and sovereign cloud rules in Europe and you've got in Asia Pacific and China, I mean, it, it, that, that landscape of cloud 
and technology operating platforms uh, is a lot for you to manage. So the first piece of the puzzle is really link, and I'm not saying anything dramatic here, really link your business strategy to your IT strategy going forward. I think then the question becomes and is, is who are the players and who are the products and software that you need to put around it? It's the age-old question of, you know, how quickly do you move something? Is it worth moving it? Do you rewrite it? Do you do all of these things? I think the role of, of software vendors, the role of, of companies like ourselves, is to provide as much flexibility and as much as honest advice that we can to keep the end business result and business impact in mind. All of this is supercharged uh, in a sense because of the speed and the integration and, and the massive capabilities and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the change in, in, um, uh, in capabilities in AI and now you're seeing things like ChatGPT and so, I mean, all of this stuff can have such a profound impact on your capability you have to make some tough choices on, on what you can actually absorb. It seems that the ecosystem composition has evolved into the cloud. And therefore, regardless of your IT strategy, regardless of your business strategy, CIO and the CIO's team must understand the pieces of the ecosystem so that they can make intelligent choices about where to place their data. It's choices on how much control do you have versus how much control do you give up. Um, there's certainly advantages to those pieces of the puzzle. I think managed services and managed service providers are gonna become increasingly important in the world going forward because of some of the, the trade-offs that you need to make. You can just get up and running quickly and, uh, and, and because it's kind of handcrafted in most cases to your needs, you can make adjustments as well without carrying all the burden and, and the fixed cost in that. Zia, you mentioned innovation earlier. How does a well-managed cloud ecosystem enable innovation, business agility, efficiency, all the benefits that we desire as, as business leaders? In a cloud context, in a public cloud, private cloud context, if you want to amp up the compute capability, that suddenly is required and different. You can do that easily. You want to have maybe a Kubernetes-based environment that allows you to manage that software uh, supply chain so that everybody's working off models and so on. That again is a very significant capability that, that increases your speed to impact. And this is the speed or time to impact that I talked about earlier, right? Um, when you look at getting data um, you know, uh, and, and, and using AI and ML models. So many cloud providers have their own AI and ML capability. Bringing that AI and ML capability to bear uh, either natively or through other mechanisms, all of those things today allow you to innovate, write code, get it up and running, get it in the hands of consumers or other businesses much faster than in history. Right, And I think so-called born-in-the-cloud companies and, and are, in some sense, Michael, as you know, in a constant beta, right? I mean, things change <laughs> every day. You may not even know it. You know, they're doing A-B testing and they're doing all of those kinds of things. So when your cloud ecosystem is working well, you have a foundation 
for all of these business benefits ranging from innovation to efficiency. This is where you can also look at the vertical expertise um, of your ecosystem, okay? Um, now, historically, you know, VMware virtualization, horizontal infrastructure layer, it mattered less what the vertical use cases were. I think if you look at what we're doing today and, and if you look at what the other public cloud players and other cloud players are doing, the go-to-market is very much a vertical motion. What happens in financial services? What are the use cases in financial services? Being vertically aware and vertically oriented in things like financial services, healthcare, retail, certainly in public sector, which has very unique demands. I think that vertical expertise becomes much more important, even if you're talking about horizontal software, than has been the case in the past. Zia, all of this raises the question, what should CIOs do in order to ensure that they are approaching cloud in the right way? The first is to connect their business strategy with their technology strategy, right? I mean, that phrase is easy to say, and that's a, it's a very complex uh, Rubik's Cube to, to answer, right? Uh, but I would suggest, and I think most CEOs, CIOs look at it this way, it's not technology for the sake of technology. It's technology for a purpose, and, and we should never forget that, right? And really kind of drive those decisions hard. Secondly is, especially as we're talking about cloud, you should have a hybrid cloud strategy, or as we call it, a cloud smart strategy. Don't take everything to public cloud. Don't leave everything on on-premise. Figure out where uh, your pieces of the puzzle are best optimized from a cost and innovation. So be cloud smart. First one, connected business strategy and technology strategy. Second, be cloud smart. And third, as a CIO, thoughtfully leverage the ecosystem, right? So if you're, if you're working with a product that's, you know, AWS and VMware together, if we both work with a certain GSI, then connect those three pieces together, you'll end up with a stronger outcome. The third point you just raised seems to be be strategic in selecting and constructing, architecting your cloud ecosystem. What are the companies behind those solutions? And, and where do they have a relationship with other members of my ecosystem? If I combine software from company A and B and C, uh, it feels like you know, system integrator D has the strongest kind of three-way relationships that will then get you up and running. So yes, be in the same way that, that we and I have to kind of construct an ecosystem, I think CIOs need to also not just consume products and services, but take advantage of, of their own integrated, architected ecosystem of solution and service providers. An ecosystem, again, is a deliberate orchestration of a set of relationships that allow you to meet a certain goal. We need to do that as a software company. Our other software partners need to do that. I think customers need to kind of step up and be even more thoughtful on how they orchestrate their own ecosystem. And they certainly do it to some degree, some do it very well. It is very seductive for all of us to gravitate 
to the cheapest price, even if it's not quite as good a fit or there are issues. Zia, what's the best way for CIOs and IT leaders to evaluate their cloud efforts? What are the, the metrics or the outcomes or the KPIs that you can recommend? What I'd encourage CIOs to do is, again, also look at the, the innovation piece and the time to impact piece of this, right? Which there, I think the metrics um, need to be a little bit more specific to your situation. But spending as much time thinking about that, which then requires you to truly understand the connection between the cloud changes you're making, the impact on the applications, and the impact then on the business process, and then the impact on the innovation aspect to it. And time to value, Michael, is equally important. So if you say like, hey, six years from now, or five years from now, we'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, two years is, is already the world is different. So you may pay a higher cost. You may decide that a private cloud deployment for a certain part of your stack, it may be a little more costly, but the time to impact or the time to value is less. I mean, it's, it's multivariate decisions. It's a very complex conversation. How quickly are you seeing results and the agility it's giving you, as you were just describing? You need to be able to articulate and have a point of view. Am I going to see an impact, however you define impact, in six months, in nine months, in one year, three years out? That makes a difference to the operating and business units. Zia, what advice do you have for technology leaders and CIOs for building a robust cloud ecosystem for their organizations? Look at the connection points and look at not just the technology connection points, but the relationship connection points between your ecosystem, the services connection points. And so deliberately architecting your ecosystem is, is probably the punchline there, Michael, right? As opposed to just finding the best solution or just finding the lowest cost solution, architecting that ecosystem. And that's so important when you're a global enterprise because that just you know gets out of control when you're talking you're in 30, 40, 50, 60 different countries. And how do you pull those pieces together? Cloud is an ecosystem, and therefore what you're saying is looking at the interconnection points and looking at your cloud environment as an ecosystem is the right way to be successful. I think it's the only way to be successful. And, and companies are doing it, may, I mean, they're, they're kind of doing it. They may not be doing it as deliberately or, or as consciously as maybe they could. Zia, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. It's been a pleasure, as, as always, a great conversation, and, uh, and thank you for having me. That's Zia Youssef with VMware.